What's up, guys? I'm Paul. This is Paul and Theology's Daily Devo and Trust in Jesus Ministries. And uh, we're going through Genesis. We're in chapter 14, 17 through 24 to the end of the chapter. And uh, we are just after the War of the Kings. And we're going to see like what happens because of that after uh, Abram saved a lot and defeated the enemies of these uh, these three, I believe, three or four kings. And so, um, yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, Genesis chapter 14 through Genesis chapter 14, 17 through 24. Check it out. Read it. Stop the tape and come back and we'll answer the four questions, man. If you've already read it, let's jump into it. What is uh, going on? What's the author saying? What is actually happening in the story? Well, after the um, the conquering or the beating of these kings that Abram did, he beat down these folks, man, and uh, took back Abram or took back Lot and all of the possessions, man. Well, the king is happy about it, right? I mean, he's like, dude, you just defeated our enemy who we were under subjugation to for 12, 13 years. And so he goes out to him. But on the way out to him, it looks like another king comes out and it's uh, Melchizedek, king of Salem um, and uh, uh, priest of the most high God. And he comes out with bread and water. You know, he hooks him up with some food after that, that long fight. And then he talks to Abram and he says, blessed be Abram, man. He said, blessed be Abram. And then he says, blessed be God, because uh, and he, the maker of heaven and earth. Um, or the possessor of heaven and earth. And so he he blesses God and says, because he's the one that has delivered him from the hand of his enemies. And so after that, Abram gave to um, Melchizedek a tenth of everything that he had. He tithed to him, a tithe of all that he had. And then uh, the king of Salem comes up to him after that, after Melchizedek intercepted him. Uh, before uh, the king of Sodom came out. And then the king of Sodom talks to him, man. And he's like, hey, uh, just take your portion. Or he's like, just give me the people, man. And you can keep all the possessions. I think it's that was like a, a thing that you divide the spoils against the, with the people of the victors. You know, you do, to the victor go the spoils. And they divide them against each other. Uh, I guess the king of Sodom was trying to ask him back. But what Abram says is, nah, man, he's like, I've already lifted my hand up to uh, the, the maker of heaven and earth. I've lifted my, I've exalted the one who is uh, the most high God. He said, that that's what I've done. And so all I need is the stuff that my, my folks have already eaten, that they've already taken, and then their share of the spoils that they did. He's like, I don't want you to say that you've caused me to be great or you caused me to be rich. And so I think there's a, maybe a couple of things that uh, we'll point out. You got to hit the warrants up, right? Melchizedek is a big warrant. Everybody knows um, that brother because he's compared to Christ in Hebrews. And so I think what we see about Melchizedek in the scriptures, he appears twice. This passage and then at least in the Old Testament, this passage and then in Psalms where it says uh, you are a priest in the order of Melchizedek. And um, that is in reference to it says, my Lord said to my Lord. And um, in this passage, though, is the only time we see him. We don't see him being born. We don't see him dying. We don't see him have a father. We don't see him have a mother. All we do is we see that he is both priest and king. And so he's the king of Salem. Salem is uh, Jerusalem. And so he's the king of not only is he a king, but he's a priest. And not only is he a priest, but he's um, um, a priest of king and priest of Jerusalem. And then not only is he king and priest 
of Jerusalem, but Abraham offers him tithes. So those are three big things that um, don't occur in, I guess, in the um, Hebrew uh, tradition. So in the, the religion of the Hebrews is that uh, the priest and king are separate, um, separate offices. And then only um, Levitical is only the sons of Levi are priests. And uh, then it is the, the country or the abode of God, which is Jerusalem. That's, that's the place in which the, the temple was built and that God had resided. So those are some big things in comparison to who Melchizedek um, is to the idea of the Hebrews and their religion. And then finally to Jesus. So I'll probably uh, make a, a deeper video on this if you guys want to know a little bit more about it. But, uh, yeah, he's very important and significant. And then um, also I think what's uh, significant is that Abram does not take the things from the king whom uh, he helps. He, he says that he doesn't want to make him rich. He's trusting in God and his favor on him rather than another. But what's so good about this is the fact that in the earlier episode we saw in, when he was in Egypt, boy, he gladly took all of those things, man, gladly took all of those things. But this one is uh, he rejected those things to say that God has given him these things. And uh, I think that's, first off, it's a, a reflection of that repentance we talked about, how it could have been that he was walking back through those paths again because he is finding himself in God again. And then here is an outward reflection of that as he rejects the things that could have been given to him, but uh, remains to feel that God is going to take care of him. It is also probably something that he's listening to as he has been, um, as he has been blessed by uh, a priest and a king who has the same affiliation with the God that he serves, the most high God, the one who created heaven and earth. And he says that blessed be to him because he is the one who had made um, salvation for Abram. And so in hearing that, he's recognizing God's provision over his life and that the promise is at hand. And we'll see that here in the next uh, chapter as we read that God is going to confirm the covenant with him. So I think those are some important things that maybe the author is conveying through the story that's going on here. But what is he saying about God? Well, he's saying that God is deliverer and savior. He is the one who has protected uh, uh, Abram from these uh, uh, this war that's happened when it doesn't seem like he would have the ability to be able to overtake these kings with only 318 men with just Abram. But he is and he does. And it's because God is his protector and his savior, his deliverer. But it's also a restatement of the fact that God had created everything. The word uh, uh, could mean creator or it could mean possessor. So God is the owner of all things. And the reason he's the owner is because he created all things. And so he is the most high God above all others. There is none like him. That is what this uh, passage is letting us know about God. What's this letting us know about man? I think it says that men should submit to God, that we should humble ourselves before God. And when we do so, then God provides. We, we don't see the provision yet, but we're going to. It's a promise that God has stated that he will fulfill. And remember also that this whole thing, this Genesis saga is about the fulfilling of the promise, the faithfulness of God. And so we know that 
by Abram submitting himself to God, rejecting the things of this world, then he becomes um, um, rich with progeny, with uh, possessions, and uh, with the presence of the Lord. How do we apply these truths to our lives? I think it's important for us to do as James says, humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you at the proper time. Same thing in First Peter, is humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. And so I, I think that's what we recognize here. He said he has exalted the Lord in his life. And when we exalt the Lord in our life, which means that we humble ourselves to give God the proper place and all things their proper place under him, then we uh, uh, begin to be lifted up in whatever manner that God calls us to be lifted up in. It could be possessions. It could be, uh, um, I don't know, whatever it is that God lifts us up in. But I do know that he will lift us up in joy and in peace when we follow him. And I think last thing is that we should trust God in our lives, even through the difficult things, knowing that he has promised us um, if we are called to do his will in some way that he will keep us. But even if on this earth that whatever we do and uh, uh, the actions that we seek as we're trying to live out our lives, something bad happens, we know that that bad thing that happens will work out for our good. So trust the Lord in your life. Leave the rest to him. Appreciate you guys for listening, and I'll see you as we continue on through the book of Genesis. <laughs>